Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs, to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 34. Previously in the Valley of Green Gold, Clubhead put his plan in motion to sterilize all the stray dogs in Merchant Harbor by feeding them food tainted with a sterility potion brewed up by Mossass. And while Clubhead was doing that, the rest of the Whoop Whoop troop headed to the archives because they were told if you want information about Crow Island and you want to learn about the mines, the archives, Scout Schellenberg's Tower, is where you're going to find it. Well, they wanted to sneak around a little bit, maybe look behind the scenes. So Wendell kept Scout Schellenberg distracted, and Clubhead returned from his mission just in time to turn into a spider, climb up, and help the party sneak into the mayor's private quarters where they found and stole an old Flark Mining Collective journal. Just as Mayor Schellenberg was getting very irritated hearing about Wendell's goat, the party emerges from the archives and they start heading down the stairs when a young man runs up looking for Bunny to pain. There's an emergency at the wrestling gym. It's really urgent. Zark Coppertop said, go get Bunny now. So Bunny takes off running toward the Gilded Cane, leaving Silbeth, Wendell, and Clubhead still standing there talking to the mayor, who seems to be very exhausted by all of this. Oh, you've taken up so much of my valuable time today. I, I must go and take a rest. Okay. D remember, don't tell anyone about the uh, goat thing. That's just between you and me. I don't care. Slam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody give me a perception check. 12. 19. 24. Whoa. Wendell, you don't really notice anything special or different. Town smells like town always does. Silbeth and Clubhead, you both hear the sound of the bell dinging down on the docks, which you've come to learn now indicates that a ship is on the horizon and approaching Merchant Harbor. Something that Clubhead detects that even Silbeth doesn't is the aroma of freshly baked muffins oh. on the wind. Hey guys, do you smell that? I think I think someone baked muffins. Hmm. I can't smell it. It could have been Batima. I asked her to make some more muffins. Oh, well, they might be ready. And if a ship's coming in, which I... Did anyone else hear the bell? Oh, yeah. No. What? I heard the dock bell coming in. That uh, means a ship's coming. Maybe, maybe it's Farmer Kyle. Ooh. Oh. oh, my goodness. However will we decide? <laughs> to the, go to the get the muffins or go to get the Kyle? Why don't we pick up the muffins on the way to, to go find Kyle? That makes sense. Oh, clever compromise. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get the muffins. So you uh, you three approach Batima's hillside in, and as you get closer, Wendell, yes, you do smell Batima's special muffins. She did say she was going to go and prepare the muffins for you, so true to her word, she must really be into Wendell. Yes, yes, I knew it. I knew she'd make she makes these great muffins. Did I ever share these with you guys? I can't remember, but they're really good. <laughs> You walk in the front door at the Hillside Inn, and you see Batima sitting at a table in the uh, dining area, and she is sitting across from a human man. Uh, everybody give me a perception check. Ten. <laughs> Nine. Natural one. Well, we know what Wendell uh, is concerned with. <laughs> Batima's muffins. <Yeah. laughs> what has Clubhead so distracted? There's a very peculiar-looking Pomeranian. 
<laughs> that uh, he's trying to remember if he neutered it or not. <laughs> okay. uh, roll a d4. <laughs> One. Uh, you did not neuter it. <laughs> oh, shit. Did I have to use both of my big <laughs> bottles of infertility juice? Yeah. Um, I bend over and I sort of try to get its attention. Okay. Uh, animal handling, maybe? Sure. Go for it. Uh, 21. Yeah, no problem. Cool. No problem. <laughs> Take it out back and I shillelagh it to death. All right. <laughs> While uh, Silbeth and Wendell enter the hillside and Clubhead takes a moment and uh, excuses himself to go do something. You're not sure what. Silbeth, what has you distracted? Um, I, ca I can't stop thinking about what's in that journal. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be very distracting for me. Sure. As you walk into the hillside inn and see this human man sitting across from Batma, uh, you do notice he's wearing leather armor. He has a pack kind of at his feet. There's a short bow leaning up against a chair near him within arm's reach, and he has white hair. He looks older than most human around here, uh, maybe in his 60s or early 70s. His face is tan with deep wrinkles and lines, and uh, he's weathered by time and maybe by experience. By this time, Clubhead has dispatch the Pomeranian and enters the room. Batima, I'm here for your muffins. <laughs> Batima hears you say this. Now she takes notice that you guys have entered the hillside in. Oh, Wendell, Solarin here is looking for you, love. Um, okay. Solarin Ravensmead? He turns in his chair and scowls in your direction. You must be Wendell. Uh, yeah, I'm Wend Wendell Wombat, folk, at your service. I'm gonna go get the muffins out of my oven. And she waddles back into the kitchen area. Why don't you three come over and have a seat? Let's talk. <laughs> oh, certainly. Um, <laughs> sure. What are we going to talk about? I got your note. <laughs> Good. You got my note, so now you know that I'm safekeeping your, uh, your, your money. Yeah, that money doesn't belong to you. Does it belong to you? That's none of your business. Oh, yeah, good point. Well, uh, here it is. I only spent 10 of it, and uh, luckily we got had some income in recently, and so now I can add that back into the total. Okay. You're keeping a tally of your loans? Yeah. Great. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I might be a wombat folk, but I'm also a bit of an accountant. I see. Which one of you is Silbeth? That's me. I apologize, Mr. Ravensmead. It, Wendell's a little impulsive, but he has a good heart. Yeah, I get that from him. You must be Clubhead. I must be. I can see that, like your head is kind of shaped like a club. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's why they call me that, isn't it? <laughs> Everybody give me an insight check. Oh my god, a natural 20! What? 26! Double crits! What? I got 22. Holy... Oh my god. 14. Nice. Wendell, you're only slightly distracted by the thought of Batima's sweet muffins, but you all detect that when he sees Clubhead, he becomes suspicious or otherwise concerned. He has a look on his face, uh, not of fear, but that he recognizes something about Clubhead, and that is taking some attention. 494 gold, here it is. Let's push it over to him. Why don't you just keep it? Uh, what? 
Yeah, do yourselves a favor and buy tickets on the next boat home. <gasps> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, we um, we can't we live here now and have a wrestling store. A wrestling store. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but uh, if you came here to be heroes, you're barking up the wrong tree. This ain't the sort of place that encourages heroic acts, if you know what I mean. Well, that's just silly. I mean, they have heroes go down underground and fight monsters all the time. Oh, I'm well aware of that. Yeah, you did it. So you know my story a little bit then, huh? Yeah. How about Schmoopy? She's still telling everybody she's a druid? She is, right? She can resurrect people, she said. Yeah, she's no druid. What what is is she? She's a cleric of the goddess of deception. (gasps) Oh. oh, that makes a lot of sense now. So, But she can still resurrect people, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> okay, the goddess of deception, does that, does that mean that whole thing about the clock is a lie? <laughs> Look, I, I don't know anything about a clock. I just know that telling half-truths and lies is how she gets her jollies. Wow. Why would you do that? Well, clerics have deities, and you have relationships with your deities to get your powers. She wouldn't be much of a cleric of Lara if she didn't lie to people. Oh, well, my question was more rhetorical, but thank you for answering it anyways. Right. So it sounds like you're not on good terms anymore? No, I wouldn't say that. Oh, okay. I don't hang out with her, if that's what you mean. You got something else that doesn't belong to you. That medallion. The pristine alliance of the righteous light amulet? That's right. I think we have two of them. Really? Yes. Yeah, we, we showed it to the mayor, and uh, he wasn't really sure what they were. Or, or at least, he, he knew what they were, but he, he didn't think they were special. D- do you know what these are? Yeah, I do. Would you like to know the story behind those? Yeah, definitely. He holds out his hand, expecting that you'll put one in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, put the grubbier one in his hand. We put one in his we'll hand. keep the nice one. Do you put the grubby one in his hand? <laughs> I just put both of them in his hand. All right, cool. <laughs> the Alliance of the Righteous Light is an organization that investigates mysterious happenings. Arcane, divine, whatever. Oh. This amulet, and he holds up the one that's nice and clean, I got from a friend of mine who died. I'm holding on to it for their kid. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. What you gotta know is that when I came here, I was hired by the Flark Mining Collective. This is like 40 years ago. We did our job, they paid us, but then it kept happening. We'd go back in, we'd kill the monsters, or die trying, and it'd be quiet for a few months, and it would happen again. Over and over again, we kept going back into the mines. Skull got stretched too thin, resurrected too many times. Schmoopy realized her true calling, and Maddox got obsessed. I kept going. I kept doing my part. I learned to survive those excursions into the mines. Just so long as somebody died down there, that'd be enough. So I led people into the mines. At first, there was no shortage of adventurers because Flark was paying the bills. But when they left, money dried up. For a while, it was just people being sacrificed, and that's what the shoe post is all about. People dying in the mines for the good of the community. Not many people here remember that these days. So you're saying that the whole point of going into the mines was for somebody to die? That's what I'm saying. Oh, crap. And he holds up the amulet. They figured it out. That's why they're not welcome here anymore. So if we resurrected the last two adventurers that went in there, would the earthquake start happening again? No. 
but it'll only be a matter of time before they do, maybe a week. They seem to be getting uh, a little quicker. So all the adventures going down are literally sacrifices? Sacrifices to who? Or to what? Well, that's a good question, and I don't know. Who does know? Well, if I had to guess, I'd say Maddox knew something. He spent more time in the mines than any of us. He got obsessed about it. Is he still alive? If he is, I haven't seen him in 15 years, 20 years. Well, I mean, have you been to his tower? Hell no. I won't go near that place. Oh. I found his brother's body. Oh, Barnaby. Yeah. What happened? He, uh, got, uh, trapped underground and, and couldn't dig his way out. Oh. That's a shame. I liked Barnaby. He's level-headed. Yeah, he, he, he wrote in his journal that, uh, I shouldn't take his body to Maddox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do that with anybody's body. That guy... He's a necromancer. He's doing all kinds of experiments. He thought there was something deep within the mind that he could tap into, some sort of magic. Wow. Turned out to drive him nuts. He went crazy. So why do you stay here? Well, this is my home. I've been here for 40 years. So you're just hanging out, helping people go down in the mines and get killed? I don't do that anymore. Well, uh, if we're interested in rooting out this corruption and, and saving saving this island, wh- what should we do? You want to save the island? Yeah, we can't just keep sending people to die. That's not right. He looks at Clubhead. So what's your deal? You're one of those Thule bots. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, something interesting happened. Uh, I got blown up in the sewer and I died. But then some form of fungus attached itself to my body, and now we are one thing. A reanimated Thulebot slash mushroom colony. Aren't I fascinating? His eyes get really big, and it's like you just solved a puzzle that had been troubling him for most of his life. He says, so that explains that. Explains what? Why I'm so (laughs) handsome? (laughs) Wink. No, explains what happened to all those Thule automatons down in the mines. Wait, are there others like me? Not anymore. What do you mean, not anymore? Well, they're all gone. They've been dealt with. Dealt with? (laughs) That doesn't sound very nice. Hey, now, don't get mad at me. I didn't do it. Who did it? Well, other people that Thule hired. And also the monsters. Well, uh, how did others like me even get down there? Look, I don't know the entirety of the story here, but at some point when people started getting murdered in the mines, the Flark Mining Collective paid to have a bunch of Thule bots built, and uh, the ones they sent down in there to do the work ended up dying in the mines, and then they came back with fungus attached to them. Whoa! Next thing you know, no miners would go in the mines. Either the monsters would attack them, or the old Thule automatons would. Well, then that means that... Uh, I need to get down there. I need to find out if any more of them exist. Maybe some of them are still alive. (laughs) Oh, buddy, I don't think any of them were ever alive. (laughs) I take offense to that. (laughs) Were were they still intelligent? Like Clubhead? Intelligent? Clubhead? (laughs) I'll have you know that I know very many things. I came up with an ingenious way to stop the population of stray dogs in approximately 15 or so years. Okay? Oh, really? How'd you do that? I sterilized the lot of them. 
That's interesting. It's kind of a smart way to do it, actually. Maybe you're not so stupid. Why, thank you. You're very direct, sir. Yeah, I don't care to dance around. I can appreciate that. Do you like muffins? Yeah, I do, actually. You should try Batima's muffins. I have tried Batima's muffins. (laughs) Wait, what is that? What are you saying? (laughs) About this time, Batima emerges from the kitchen with a tray of muffins, and she uh, sets a fresh steaming muffin down in front of each of you, and then she loads the rest of the muffins into a basket. Uh, (laughs) Salarin doesn't say anything in response to your question. Uh, he just takes a big bite of his muffin and looks directly at Wendell and goes, Mmm, Batman's muffins are the best. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of innuendos floating around right now. <laughs> Batman says, Oh, let me open the windows. Maybe they'll fly out. And she goes over and opens a couple of windows. Batima, Solarian Ravensmead said he, he's tried your muffins before. Oh, yeah, he's been a fan of my muffins for years. Well, lucky him. Yeah, but now you're the lucky one because I made these muffins for you. Yes. And she hands you the basket. Thank you. Wow. Would you like us all to eat your muffins at the same time? <laughs> well, you can if you want to. I hand a muffin out to everyone. <laughs> she already handed everybody a muffin, but she put some special <laughs> muffins in a basket for Wendell. Oh. Ah, okay. Special. So everyone's already eating Batman's muffins. Yeah. And these, these muffins are absolutely delicious, but they don't have any sort of healing properties or anything like that. Oh, it's the special basket. Yeah, that's... You've uh, you've had these special muffins before that she puts extra love in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you want to give your muffins so much to, to Wendell, Batma? Well, I have a connection to Wendell. We're both wombat folk. That's true. Yeah. What are you insinuating? I don't know. I just had a hunch. Just eat your muffins. Okay. <laughs> well, Solarin Ravensmead, we're going to go pay your friend Maddox a visit. Then we're going to get to the bottom of the mystery of this whole sacrifice business in the mines. Now, look, Batima, she's fine. She, she doesn't care much about any of this business. But keep that secret just between you and me. There are a few folks around town who might not take kindly to you bringing that up. Right. Right. About right. what? Exactly. Yes, I'll make, I'll make sure we, we don't spread the word. Right, boys? Exactly. Yeah, is one of those people a land called Tan? Yeah, he might be. I don't like the guy, but I'm not sure what his angle is. We should be friends. I hate that guy, too. Do you know if the mayor uh, is somehow involved with Flark? I mean, between you and me, I don't trust him. Hmm, all right. I don't think Flark has a lot of dealings around here at the moment. Hmm. Do you know if Trickles had any enemies? Well, anyone who had common sense didn't want rot grubs around here. But would anyone want him dead and the rot grubs to escape? Well, you know, the farmers, the ranchers that actually raise cattle for food, they weren't too happy about him. A land called Tan, he owns a shipping company. I'm sure having rot grubs here probably scared a few people off. Maybe he wanted it done. You know, I wouldn't put it past Scout Schellenberg either. Does... The name Kyle mean anything to you? Yeah, I know Kyle. <laughs> mm. 
You don't like him very much, huh? I think he bef- I think he befouls Crow Island with his giant cattle farm. I'm really growing to like you, sir. Like <laughs> everyone else doesn't really seem to say what they really think around here, but you do. Yeah, that means it's a good time for me to leave and go back to the forest. <laughs> I don't need any friends. Friends have a nasty habit of dying. That's not my plan. Never is. Well, that's really sad. You should see a therapist. It was a pleasure meeting you, not as a not as a friend, just as an acquaintance. He gets up and he grabs his pack and his short bow, slings it over his shoulder, wraps his muffin in a bit of cloth, tucks it in his pack. Yeah, and if 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 any of us die, we promise we won't tell you. Yeah. Well, best of luck to you. If you do go over to Maddox's tower, just remember that that place is full of the undead. Uh, okay. He uh, holds up the muffin that he's wrapped in a bit of cloth, and he, he says to Batima, Can you uh, wrap up another one of these for uh, for Beatrice? And uh, she says, Oh, yeah, I'll do that right now. And she does it and hands it to him, and he starts walking toward the door. <sighs> I mean, I kind of want to pry who Beatrice is. And he walks out the door. Who's Beatrice? <laughs> you yell at, at him. <laughs> he, he does not turn around and come back to explain. He just ah! continues. He continues walking. I'm going to wonder for so long. Wait. Yeah. Batsima. Batsima. Yeah? Who's who's Beatrice? I have no idea. <laughs> I was just being nice. Son of a... Beatrice. <laughs> do you do any of you watch out a window to see where he goes? Yeah, all three of us. We we go right up to the window and peer out. <laughs> 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 all right, so that'll be all a natural one on your stealth check. For that. Uh, yeah, we pla- we like plaster our faces right up to the glass. <laughs> As he's walking down the uh, the the main thoroughfare there. Uh, he senses your eyes upon him, and he turns around and looks back in your direction. We wave. <laughs> he he flips you off. He flips you the middle <laughs> finger. As Solarin Ravensmead continues to walk away from you, you see him stop and turn and look at the vacant lot under which Muty used to live. Whoa. And he stops there for a moment. As if surveying the situation, there are some stakes with uh, bits of red cloth tied on the end of them, sort of surveying for digging a new foundation, perhaps. And he stops there, and then he enters that vacant lot. You can't see him because there's a building there that blocks your line of sight. Hmm. Okay. Oh. That's strange, I guess. Do you guys want to be all creepy and follow him? Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Give me stealth checks. Ooh, a four. 15. Damn it. Of course, I, I don't have pass without trace. <laughs> I got a 10. <laughs> nice. Thanks for the muffins, Batima. I'm trying to be quiet right now, though. As you uh, follow him toward where you saw him last, walking into that uh, vacant lot where Muty lives, you do your best to sneak down the street, but you guys are kind of like heroes now here. People are shouting, oh, it's the Whoop Whoop Troop. Hey, thanks for killing those rot grubs. Yeah. And by the time you, by the time you get to where you last saw Salar and Ravensmead, you turn the corner and he is nowhere to be found. Yeah. But you see the muffin sitting wrapped in cloth at the little hole where Mutie lived. <gasps> Guys, Muty's name is Beatrice. Apparently, yes. 
I'll grab the muffin. Okay. What? How does he know her? What? What? What's the deal with that? <laughs> That's a really good question. Always so many questions. <laughs> So few answers. <laughs> so many questions. While you ponder this, you hear the unmistakable sound of cows. Cattle, a small herd, maybe 20 or 30, and they're being led through town toward the docks, which reminds you that a ship was coming in. Kyle. Well, you know Kyle was coming in on a ship. This batch of cattle seems to be headed toward the dock. Oh. <laughs> not everybody with cows is Kyle. We just beat the shit out of a guy. <laughs> I'm not even Kyle. <laughs> uh, huh. Okay. All right. So you guys see this man herding a small group of cattle toward the docks. Uh, you hear the bell dinging down on the docks to indicate that a ship has just arrived. Oh. Right. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, guys, we're supposed to get down there. Meet Kyle. Let's do it. All right. You head down to the docks and you see uh, quite a small ship, which would transport mostly just people. And uh, you see Tag Pub 7, the Thule automaton that works the docks, the one with four arms. Uh, it's working to unload cargo off the ship. And you see... Uh, Celine Whiteheath right there doing her job asking the people coming on and off the ship questions. She uh, sees a, a human man who appears to be maybe in his uh, late 30s, early 40s. Uh, he's dressed like a uh, commoner, but with slightly fancier garb. Uh, he gets off the vessel. He's got sort of a, a purse, a satchel across his chest that's got uh, all kinds of pockets on it. And he nods at Celine, and she nods back and lets him pass without asking him any questions. Hmm. Oh. I, I, I think we should approach that guy with the pouches. Do you want to approach him here, or do you want to follow him? We're not great at following people, yeah. it seems. But Agreed. Yeah, based on your last stealth check, it's kind of a questionable option. It would be interesting to find out, like, who he goes to see right after disembarking. True. Uh, yeah, let's let's follow him. I think we'll be successful this time. Yeah. A stealth check from all of you, please. Uh, does anybody... Wait, before you roll the stealth check, do you want to do anything like Tides of Chaos or any uh, guidance or anything that might help? Uh, guidance is a good idea. Who's got the worst uh, stealth check bonus? Mine's only plus one. Mine's plus one. I could also do Tides of Chaos on myself. All right. Uh, I will give guidance to Wendell. Okay. And then you can use your Tides of Chaos. All right. And I'll just hope that my plus five is good enough. All right. Here we go. I got a 10, just like last time. Got an eight. And then what do I roll for guidance? D4. D4. All right. I ended up with a 10. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at us. <laughs> All rolling like crap. I got a 17. Oh, okay. 10, 10, 17. <laughs> Thank goodness you used Tides of Chaos or you'd ended up with a six. Right. As you guys approached the docks, uh, you tried to be slightly stealthy to see what was going on down there. Um, but, you know, it is tough being stealthy in a town where you guys have, you know, solved some problems and people are starting to recognize you. So uh, 
as you're hiding behind some crates. The young lady who pulled your wagon uh, the very first day you were here, what's her name? I forget. I want to say Jenny for some reason. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was Jenny. For some reason, Rosie's coming into my head, but I don't remember. Aaron, do you remember? I don't. Okay, well, she sees you guys and she says, Oh, my old friends! And she waves at you. <laughs> and when she does that, it's really loud. And so everybody down in the docks turns and looks and sees you standing behind these crates. Oh, did you find the uh, stuff that I dropped back here? Can, can anybody see it? Uh, <laughs> Give me a deception check. Six. <laughs> if that's the way you actually did it, then you should have a negative ten. <laughs> wow. The man in the slightly fancy commoner's garb with the satchel full of pockets walks past you on the road toward town and uh, heads into the village. Do you follow him? Yes. Yes. Do it. Yes. You can tell that he knows that you're behind him, but he doesn't seem too terribly concerned about it as he heads straight to Alain Coltan's office. Uh-huh. He enters the building. Spider. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, wish me luck, guys. Hope I don't get squashed. How many wild shapes do you get in a day? I get two per short rest. I believe that you transformed into a spider to get into Scout's Tower, transformed back into Clubhead, and then transformed back into a spider again. It's true. Yeah, guys, I uh, I can't do that, unfortunately. I need to, like, take an hour-long rest first. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Do we have any other options? Um, I could Misty Step somewhere, maybe. Or uh, Actually, I have Spider Climb. Oh. But I'm not very stealthy. Hmm. All right, Wendell casts Spider Climb on himself. Okay. I can do it, guys. I won't look like a spider, but... Wait, so what's the plan? Climb up to a window and listen to the conversation. Oh. Yeah, figure out okay. what they say to each other. Get the lowdown, the secret lowdown. I'll cast Guidance on you. <laughs> and if anything bad happens, I'll just cast Darkness and we can run. Because <laughs> <laughs> that works. <laughs> so, you cast Spider Climb on yourself, a second level transmutation spell. And uh, for the next hour, as you concentrate on this spell, you can climb up, down, across vertical surfaces, upside down on ceilings, leaving your hands free. You, you can climb at your typical walking speed. I will climb up the side of the building and go to the nearest window where I think they would be. Do I have an idea where that would be? Or do these guys? Clubhead could tell you. He's been there. Yeah, I'll point out the window. It's actually in the back of the building, which works pretty well, because if it was in the front of the building, you'd be pretty conspicuous climbing the side of the building. <laughs> you guys stay out here and uh, distract everyone with our famousness, and I'll go behind the building and have a listen. Oh, that's a good idea. How do you guys distract everyone with your famousness? Are there any, like, benches or anything nearby? Yes. We'll, we'll sit on the bench, and as people walk by, we'll just say, Autographs. <laughs> If anyone wants anything signed, we're here to sign them. Okay. That's very, very direct. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Silbeth, give me a persuasion check. All right. Ten. <laughs> it would seem that people know you and they have a favorable opinion of you, but this isn't really working very well. It's not like they're interested in autographs. Yeah. That's okay. My goal is just to distract them. <laughs> I'll start doing a robot dance. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, give me a performance check. Sure. 
I somehow rolled a 10. Well, you're somewhere between terrifying and curious <laughs> with a 10. So people still sort of avoid you, but they look at they look at you doing the dance and then they're they kind of nod like, "Oh, that's interesting." <laughs> So do I have advantage or Wendell? Yeah, you're you've already made it to the back of the building, where you see some shrubs that are alongside the building and enough trees that form some cover that you'll have the benefits of some cover when you make this stealth check. Okay, and I'm also going to use inspiration. I'm going to nail this. You got this, man. I'm going to give you a, a plus two on this, plus whatever you get from guidance. Well, with advantage, I rolled a nine. And that's going to be plus two. Yep. So 11 plus your guidance. A three. You needed a 13. Wow. Wow. Uh, just, wow. Just barely. You got it by one. You walk up the side of the building to the second floor window where you know Alain Coltan's office is. And as you get up there, perched kind of behind the cover of a, of a long branch of a maple tree, you listen. You hear Alain Coltan say, is this all of it? And you hear the man say, yeah, yeah, Mr. Coltan, that's that's the best I can do. Uh, that's all I got for him. Coltan says, very good, Kyle. Now get the hell out of my office. And he leaves. Well, that was short and sweet. Is there any way for me to see what he gave him from my vantage point? If you look in the window, you're going to lose the benefit of cover. Oh, God. And you'd have another stealth check without advantage and without the two. Well, I can't roll badly forever. That's true. <laughs> Here goes nothing. Four. Oh, my God! <laughs> Guess I can roll badly forever. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since you rolled those two natural 20s, you've ruined everything, Emery. <laughs> now you killed Wendell. Oh, my God. Wendell, how do you dis- how do you look in the window, and how does this all get screwed up? Wendell starts looking in the window, but then he hits his head on a rock on the edge. He goes, ow! <laughs> <laughs> when you do that, immediately, Alain Coltan looks directly in your eyes. He looks directly at you. <laughs> and this guy, who you now know is Kyle, turns around, and they're both <laughs> staring at you. <laughs> and Coltan says... What the hell are you doing? Oh, um, would you like a muffin? <laughs> He's just stunned. He's standing there in complete silence. No, I don't want a muffin. Oh, okay. Uh. He says to Kyle, go get White Heath now. And Kyle rushes out of the room. All right, then. Well, if you don't want a muffin, I guess I'll be on my way. He runs over to the window and slams it shut and pulls the curtains closed. <laughs> I descend, and then I come back to the guys, and I say... Well, guys, that didn't go so well. We should probably head for the hills. Just as that happens, the door bursts <laughs> open and Kyle comes running out. He's going to run right past you guys as he heads to the docks to get Celine Whiteheath. Stop him. He's going to get Celine Whiteheath. We need, hey, we need to talk to you, Kyle. All right, I'll clothesline him. <laughs> All right, I'll let you use a reaction to try to get a, an attack of opportunity. Silbeth going to do anything? I'm going to cast... Uh, expeditious retreat on myself. All right. <laughs> okay, so this is broad daylight, late afternoon. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, clothesline is going to be an unarmed strike for Clubhead. What is your intention? Do you want him to land prone? 
yeah, I just want to, like, knock him over. Okay, so maybe, uh, would a shove do that? Yeah, so, like, an athletics check. Yeah. That'll go ahead and I'll, I'll roll a four. I rolled a four, guys. Wow. Good God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We, in the last eleven rolls... We haven't gotten higher than a 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see how Kyle does avoiding your shove. Okay. Kyle got a three. Hey! Oh, wow. Oh, my God. So what do you wow. do? Do you shove him? Do you close? You try to clothesline him? I basically, yeah, as he's running past, you know, I'm doing the robot dance, you know? Yeah. And I just overextend myself at the last moment as he's running past and then just like, he just slams right into my open palm, like right into his face, and he just like falls back on his ass. All right, he lands on his butt in front of all of you. Everybody roll initiative. <laughs> oh no. It doesn't have to be combat, but at least I want I want a turn order. Okay. 19. Roll the 22. So uh, first up is Clubhead. What do you do now that you've got Kyle the farmer on his butt? Oh, uh, oh, sorry. Hey, oh, I'm sorry. Here, let me help you up. And I'm going to uh, actually just try to keep him on the ground. Okay. <laughs> All right. Give me give me an athletics check. Oh, yeah. Natural oh, 20. Natural 20. <laughs> uh, yeah. You are able to pretend that you're helping him up, but one of your hands is on his shoulder pushing him down as you're pulling on the other arm. <laughs> oh, you're not injured, are you? Oh, oh, oh. You shouldn't move. You've dislocated your back bones. All right. What does Silbeth do? Silbeth pretend to help him up, but is also just keeping him from getting up. <laughs> All right, uh, what does Wendell do? I could put him to sleep, <laughs> and then we could take him, take him somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna abduct him. <laughs> I'm cast sleep. Okay, sleep is incoming. <laughs> Go ahead and cast away. Also, keep in mind, we don't know what it is that you saw or heard. Like, we just <laughs> we just heard that things went bad and that he's running to go get White Heath. We still don't know who he is or anything about him. Right. Does he seem like somebody who I'm going to want to really go all out because this guy is, like, pretty badass or no? You're really not sure. I'll try level two sleep then. There it is, 22 hit points of sleep. And with that, Kyle falls asleep. Yes. With Clubhead and Silbeth both holding this man down, Wendell casts sleep and he does fall asleep. My question to you is, are, are you trying to conceal this or be stealthy about it in any way? I mean, it is the daytime and you're right in front of a land called Tan's office. And there's only so much weird stuff that happens on Crow Island. Like, how do you play this off? Oh, gosh, look, he fell asleep. He must have been so tired from his trip on the boat. We better take him somewhere to uh, rest, a bed, perhaps. Yeah, um, how long does this sleep last? A minute. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, help me carry him somewhere. Perhaps we should bind him just to make sure he doesn't. Let's take, can we take him behind the building and, and like bind him? I think we just gotta do, we only have a minute. Yeah, we gotta do it fast. I'm not very strong, guys. Is anyone here strong? Wendell, you're strong. Yeah. You carry him somewhere. I'm huge. <laughs> do we know anywhere that's a minute away from here walking 
like the abandoned building that uh, Muty uh, lived under. You could get there in a minute, but you know you'd have to probably walk through the town square with him. Ah, shit. You okay. could get to the back entrance of Batama's hillside inn, but then that would sort of pull Batama into this hijink. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you could head north. You could grab him and just run out of town as fast as you could. That would get you up by the shoe post, the brewery, and the dunes. Okay. You would get a minute out of town before you woke up. I think we do that. Yeah. Just go out of town. I can double dash right now with Expeditious Retreat on myself. Okay. What's Silbeth's strength? 12. Oh, shit. You're pretty strong. With a strength of 12, you can carry 180 pounds without having any penalties to your rolls, and that is exactly what you'll be carrying if you carry Kyle and all of his stuff and all of your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. She just, like, fireman carries him out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Silbeth squats down, throws Kyle over her shoulder, and takes <laughs> off running north of town toward the shoe post. Yeah. And because Wendell is still concentrating on sleep, he and Clubhead are trying to keep up. And we're just, like, running after her (laughs) at half her speed. (laughs) You don't get far out of town, but you do get away from any eyes that might see you and wonder what the heck's going on. And after a minute, Kyle starts to wake up. And that is episode 34 of The Valley of Green Gold. Thank you very much for your patience as uh, we try to get back to a weekly release schedule for Valley of Green Gold. There have been a few stumbles and a few unexpected things that pop up in in our schedules. And so that's been a a challenge that we're very grateful you understand. Many thanks to our Patreon supporters for making Rated RPG happen in the first place. Mick and Addy, Sean Henry, and Nick from Five Entertainment. Thank you to our gorgeous Phoenix Brigade members, John W. Mangrum, H.D. Burke, and Random.com. Guy, Hey, we got to meet a couple of new NPCs in this episode. Solarin Ravensmead, submitted by Tony LeBlanc, and Kyle, submitted by GreyWolf99. Thank you to Turtle and Crow, the Dukes, and many thanks to Lord Deputy Chris Fail. We could not do it without you. Thank you to our Merchant Harbor Gazette tier supporters as well. Brian Smallberries, Weary Traveler, Super Justin64, Spidey Mouse, and GBS Trek. Some sad news to share. Rent is not very high in Merchant Harbor, but, uh, you know, despite that, every copper counts. So in a wise financial move, the former Duke Jason, Grand Duchy of Smirt, moved in with another old friend, Igor Vakich. Unfortunately, the cave that they moved into was under ownership by a bear, a hungry, hungry bear. So after finding enough of Jason and Igor in various piles of bear scat, we've put them back where they're most at home. The Bucket of Friends. On behalf of everyone around ye olde gaming table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast. <laughs>